0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top Ten Show, I am John Roca,
1: And I am Matt Most. We are excited here to <laughs> have another week of Topic Thunder. We thoroughly enjoyed everybody that uh, participates in the show. And if you want to, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. And you can uh, you'll, you'll find the email there and you just send in whatever you'd like us to talk about. We do it and we put it out for everybody to listen to. And our thanks to everybody who supports us over at patreon.com because uh, it means the world to us. And uh, we hope we're, uh, you know, uh, giving you a little solace in your day, enjoying the show and a little fun with the two of us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Echo everything Matt said, thank you for letting us entertain you during these tough times right now. uh, And we know, uh, you know, the coronavirus sounds like it's spiking up again and second waves happening in these States as they start to open up too quickly. So Hopefully, for those of you who are back to self-isolating or self-quarantine, you're taking us along with you to kind of make you smile and take your mind off all this stuff. And certainly, we'll spend some time on this topic, Thunder, uh, having a good time with your questions, and hopefully that will do it as well. Um, All right. You started last time. I think I'd take this time, right? Correct. All right. Uh, This first one is from Colson Kouliopoulos. I hope I said that right. Kouliopoulos. I hope I got it right there, Colson. Hey, Matt and John, greetings from Boston. Wow, big fan of you guys since the Collider days and recently became a patron when you brought up the whole Top 10 Jeopardy thing. Nice. I'm a huge Oscars fan slash follower and was wondering if you could change any decisions the Oscars made last year in any category, what would it be and what would you change it to? Personally, I was happy with the Parasite sweep, but thought the best live-action short film winner, The Neighbors Window, was absolute trash. I would have much rather seen Brotherhood or A Sister take home the win. Also, Klaus. Klaus was awesome. Much better movie than Toy Story 4. Um, all right, Matt, any thoughts on this one?
1: Um, Let's take a look at these uh, in, results. I mean, in, so not, yeah, we have to look it up in any category. Yeah. Uh
0: uh, let's see. For uh, actor, it was Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker over Jonathan Price, Adam Driver, DiCaprio, Banderas. Pitt won for Once Upon a Time over Pesci, Pacino, Hopkins, and Tom Hanks. Um, Zellweger won over Charlize, Shorshi Ronan, Scarlett Johansson, Cynthia Rivo and Harriet. Uh, Laura Dern over Richard Jewell. Uh, oh, sorry, over Kathy Bates. Over Scarlett Johansson in Jojo, over Florence Pugh and Little Women, over Margot Robbie, in Bombshell, uh, Toy Story four did win over Klaus, over How to Train Your Dragon. Um, Deacons won for cinematography, uh, and Parasite, Bong Joon Ho won. Um, all right, Matt, are there other ones that you are there? Any ones that you, as you look at the list?
1: I mean, there are no big egregious ones to me, right? Uh, because you can make a case for all the various winners like Parasite winning for best picture, sure. If 19, 19 had won, that's that's fine with me. Um, Once Upon a Time, I think, is uh, had the best shot of what was left, but didn't really have a shot, it was down to those two, yeah. Joker just made too much money to be denied, type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's an excellent movie, but a lot of people did not enjoy it, yeah. Uh, I don't know, there's nothing like super, super egregious. The animated, it wasn't a tough year. Because I think mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 is, is good, but I don't think it's great. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Klaus is damn good. I agree with uh, the person who sent in the question, Colson. I agree, Colson I thought yeah. I would have taken Klaus over Toy Story 4. But isn't the one – I think if I was going to change anyone, uh, and I know people might get mad at me for saying this, but I would absolutely take 1917 over Parasite. As much yeah. as I enjoy Parasite, and we watched it again with my girlfriend a few weeks ago – it's a damn, damn good movie. But 1917 is a cinematic achievement. And for me, when I watch that, I've seen that movie three times now. I have it up here behind me uh, in the longer shot. Uh, but, like, it is my film. It is absolutely a film that speaks my language. It's well acted. It's a hell of a journey. Uh, and it's uh, well shot by Deakins as well. And Sam Mendy's doing a fantastic job with the film overall. I thought for sure that was going to win Best Picture in Bong Joon-ho. We get Best Director. Um, I did not anticipate necessarily the Parasite would win this thing overall. So if I was going to change anything, and I wouldn't want to change it necessarily, but if I was going to change anything, that would be my answer, 1917.
1: Okay. I thought um, within the supporting actress, Mm. I thought Laura Dern's performance in a a marriage story. I wasn't that so good, that's the best actress, like easy peasy type of. Totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. Um, I don't understand. I was the odds-on favorite. I was like, really? She's, you know, she gets rightfully, but she gets outshone by Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver.
0: Yeah, she only has two really notable scenes, right? The scene around the table um, in the office, and then when she's sitting on the couch with Scarlett. But all she's trying to do is essentially seduce Scarlett as her client to get her to be... Yeah. The client. All the great lawyers know how to seduce cl- different people to get them to pay money to have them represent you. Um, and what she did in the in the um, conference room is helped by the fact that Adam Driver is completely bowled over by her, and so is Alan Alda. Like both those guys, immediately go into uh, acquiesce mode. Um, and Ray, if yeah. Ray Liotta was in there, it would have been fun to see. The back and forth a little more with those two because Lady Leota seemed to yeah. come across a little more abrasive, um, but yeah, I would have given it to Johansson over her and JoJo, um, or maybe yeah. Kathy Bates even in Richard Jewell. I thought she was fantastic in Richard Jewell. Um, For sure, so,
1: yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's not. There are certain years where, like, I literally can't believe that one right X. Yeah, and uh, Laura Dern's the only one where I was like, okay, sure. I guess I'm not, maybe I don't understand what I'm missing where yeah. that's the best of the year, but okay. I mean, she's a great actress. I am not knocking. Right. That, that part wasn't so meaty for a supporting actress that it uh, blew me away. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's it for that one. Okay. What's our next one? Um. Thank you, Colson. And we hope you enjoy top 10 jeopardy. Uh, we still came as of right now, but we will have something very soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, The next one is from Brandon Caridi. It said, Pat and John, you've both alluded to music you enjoy and, parenthetically, to Offspring fans' dismay, very much dislike. (laughs) (laughs) I got tagged in something on Facebook about that. (laughs) You often talk about music you grew up with and bands that have influenced and shaped your favorite genres and general music tastes. However, I'm curious as to your preferences on modern bands and artists. Uh, Hmm. What artists from the last 20 years have you enjoyed listening to and are your favorites i myself am a huge fan of the strokes in the overall garage rock revival genre <laughs> interpol arctic monkeys vampire weekend lcd sound system among others the strokes penchant for guitar lines that weave in and out of each song along their Lou reed style vocal deliveries are what make them so exceptional for me if you haven't <laughs> listened to music much give them a shot Thank you very much for taking my question and thank you for some of the best content available during these strange times. Oh. Stay safe and sane so you can come out the to Pittsburgh and do a live show. Sincerely, Brandon Caridi, PS, you're both right. Sea Change is Beck's best album. Yeah. Um, Why well, would 10 years would be a more modern, you know what I mean? 20 years ago, mm. it's like post-grunge. What, about, what in the last 10 years have you gotten into? <sighs> The, only know, get, the more we get set in our ways yeah man it's tough i mean I, i'm i'm still a
0: kanye guy i still like sure. kanye's shit over the last 10 years even his weird uh release albums that he does like the pd pablo one or whatever i really enjoyed that one mm-hmm. um i don't know if there are that many new artists that i would definitely turn to there are a bunch of new music you know i mean sure. there's There are, look, and this might be embarrassing to some people. I certainly enjoy some of the James Arthur stuff. I did like, I do like some of the Demi Lovato stuff. Certainly, EDM mixture with singers, that is kind of my jam right now. Any of that, like Bieber had a few songs that shocked the shit out of me. I enjoyed like four or five songs of his, but he was working with the Chainsmokers and other uh, bands like that. So that's where I lean to more. I don't necessarily go towards the rock route much anymore. It's more about the electronic dance shit or the the, the um, EDM stuff that really kind of has my attention more than like Skrillex or or uh, Danger Mouse or um, um, some of the other more uh, recent ones that I've enjoyed uh, Calvin Harris. So you mean Dead way. Mouse? No, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, Dead Mouse. Yeah, that's what he's called, Dead mm-hmm. Mouse. Sorry. Yeah, um, but yeah, those are the ones that I lean to more than anything else. Um, what about you, Matt?
1: Um, like in the last say 10 years uh, yeah Kendrick Lamar yeah sure uh, you know How to Pimp a Butterfly and Damn are both excellent yeah Damn is good uh, I'm a big Tyler and MF Doom fan but okay. they're probably a little bit past 10 years um, right let's see Arcade Fire TV on the radio okay um, Arctic Monkeys Bon Ivar, Mm -hmm. uh, Royal uh, Royal Blood or Royal Bloods. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I think those are all bands within the
0: last 10 years or so. I'll take Drake. I'll put Drake in the conversation.
1: Never been a Drake fan. Yeah? Not your thing? I I mean, I like certain tracks. I get why people like, but I never listen to an album. It just never happens. Fair. Uh,
0: on the countryside, like Thomas Rhett is someone I enjoy now. Lady Antebellum or Lady A now they changed their name from Lady yeah. Antebellum to Lady A. Um, God, uh, Katy Perry. I mean, fuck, man. I, I hate to admit, I'm a massive, massive Katy Perry fan. I stole well, so much, to- shit. huh?
1: Yeah, if you're listening to the electronic and whatnot. Yeah, a lot of pop music has that synthetic feeling to it now. So mm-hmm. of course you're like Katy. Yeah, I'm
0: not. I'm not necessarily a Taylor person. Although I do uh, concede that there are some songs that are that are that are good. But I mean, for me, it's more uh, the Katy Perry situation it works for me yeah. um, overall, with much to my girlfriend's chagrin. I mean, um,
1: Taylor Swift, 1980, whatever it was, 1988. Yeah, whatever it was, that was actually a, a pretty good album. But yeah. I do not do it a couple times. It's not something I go back to, but let's do it. It's like this is catchy, this is good, it's interesting, but it's yeah. more. And there's no real country anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there isn't really. Not the old school country. It's ra- I mean, I'm, I guess if you go Chris Brown, I'm not, uh, who is that his name? Chris? Who did the cover of uh, Tennessee Whiskey? Have you said guy who plays guitar? Yeah. Is that Chris Stapleton? I think that's Chris Stapleton. What, that's awesome. I listened to
1: that album, but that, that cover is absolutely fantastic.
0: Tennessee Whiskey? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Chris Stapleton. Tennessee. That's who it is. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of too. Yeah, that guy. Not Chris Brown, Chris Stapleton. Yeah, he's good uh, when it comes to the country stuff. Colby um, Calais, I like her. That's sweet little music. Throw oh music. music. Um,
1: Frank Ocean's pretty good.
0: Yeah, Ocean. A lot of people like Ocean. That's for damn sure.
1: Um,
0: um, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I am a big <laughs> fan. They, they predate that time, but their new album is really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've got four albums now that I can listen to forwards and back and actually probably do it twice because the songs are so short. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's so much music now getting put out. Yeah, there is. It's all like the Chance the Rapper, which I haven't listened to all that much of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. put out label albums just puts out his own mixtapes. People like Chance, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like what I've heard, but I've never gone to listen to an album. I just don't listen to as much. The hip-hop and rap that I listen to, the stuff that I've been listening to now for 30 years.
0: Finally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What yeah. I accumulated over the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands it's pretty much and then the occasional album here and there, like Kanye's film mm-hmm. now. There's numerous within there. Yeah. Push the yeah. fantasy is that eight oh eights are my two favorites of his. That's past yeah. 10 years, ten years. Yeah.
0: I like Bruno Mars. I enjoy him. Uh sure. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean like I'm looking at a list of just artists over the last few years, just thinking of like people that I, we haven't mentioned yet or that I'm like huge yeah. into. But there's not uh, uh, there's 30, not much in
1: the past. Hmm? Florence and the machine. I like their debut album. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good and, stuff. I don't know.
1: <laughs> there's old. a lot of fucking music.
0: Yeah, we're just old too, for God's sakes. Like you said, we're setting our way. So uh, I appreciate it, Brandon. It's a very nice question, and we tried. So hopefully we satisfied you in some way. I mean, we gave uh, you a ton of choices. We did. We did. We, that's for damn sure. I mean, we don't a of them. Your turn. Yeah, all right. Ruben Enriquez uh, is our next one. He says, hello, Matt and John. Hope you all are safe out there. My question is basketball related. Boom, boom, boom. Is there an NBA player last or present that you feel could have had a better career if they were drafted? in a different situation or different team. Thank you guys for taking my question. Hope you all have a great day. Hmm. Pa- so pastor present is what he's saying. Pastor present. Sorry. Yeah, is there an I mean, NBA player pastor present? You could feel could have a better career. Okay.
1: It, it definitely makes a difference as to where you get drafted for, yep. you know, a bunch of different specific guys. I think in any sport it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But you know, your prime for a lot of guys is very short. Mm hmm in this world unless you are a super, super duper star. And usually those super, super dupers are in a good situation or they got themselves into a good situation. That's how they ascended to that type of rank. Yeah, yeah. So who is just – like I I wish Carmelo hadn't forced himself onto the Knicks when he did, Mm. thereby making them sacrifice all those assets to get him from Denver because he would be able to sign the max extension with the Knicks – because he wanted to get paid and there's nothing wrong with that. But had he just signed there with free agent uh, in free agency a year later, you would have taken less, money, but they would have had the ability to surround you and make you into a contender because that dude has all the talent in the world. Not that great on defense, but right. Pure score. It's impressive to watch, even if, you know, in his heyday, it was a lot of ISO jab right. stepping, but he's still insanely effective at it. That's a situation right. like, oh man, had you, had you not done that? Yeah. Or somebody like Curry, if he was drafted 10 years earlier by the Warriors, he would have had a five, six year career because they couldn't have fixed his ankles. So he's lucky that drafted what he did. I
0: I got two that come to mind. If Chris Paul had been drafted by the Jazz in 2005 under Jerry Sloan instead of the Hornets, instead of Deron Williams, that's a whole nother team, man. That's a completely different team. Maybe he wins a title in the West with Jerry as his coach. Certainly, he was able to bring uh, Stockton to two finals. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a rebirth there um, with Sloan. That's a possibility as well. Um, and he got you know he was just right. I mean, how do you take Daron Williams over Chris Paul? That's one of those biggest ones in my high. I mean, Daron was good for like yeah. three years, but Paul is is a quintessential.
1: Well, he was good boy, He managed to get himself a Supermax from New Jersey. Now, I didn't think he was worth it when he signed it, but it's a pitch to have NBA exec saying he is a top tier. And there was a discussion leading into that draft Mm -hmm. point guard, uh, which to me, I watched Illinois' games, so I was never really blown away with Williams. Yeah. uh, Because D Brown, I think it was D Brown, was the focus of that team. Yep. And, uh, but I mean, they were solid, but yeah, it would have changed Utah's fortunes for sure. I mean, evidence by Chris Paul managed to bring uh, the New Orleans Hornets into the playoffs. It was him and Tyson Chandler and a few other guys, but he was right. the as a young kid. So, yeah, I mean, that's – but he's still a superstar.
0: True. Very true. But he's never smelled the finals. And I no. think Sloan would have taken him to the finals possibly. It was a better situation than he had Maybe, with the fucking Hornets.
1: Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because – you know this this postseason could change a lot of guys' legacies in that. What if one team gets COVID, and it clears the way for one that nobody anticipated? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: which I hope does not happen because, as much as injuries are part of the game, this is just a anomalous uh, factor that could end up, yeah, really you know, changing the landscape of the the league. But.
0: I think one that always comes to mind to me is because he's my favorite basketball player, the sign of Michael Jordan. And not favorite like greatest of all time, but he was my favorite basketball player to watch ever is Chris Webber. I absolutely have a terrible love and obsession with Chris Webber as a ball player. I've never seen a body more perfectly built to play the game. And uh, his being drafted by the Magic, if he had stayed with the Magic and Shaq, uh, I don't know what could have happened there. Um, And, of course, initially you think, well, totally worked out. Penny had a great situation. But Weber went into that TMC or Weber went into the Warriors with Don Nelson, and it was a big old, like, just just didn't work. An old-school hard knocks coach like Nelson with a young kid like Weber who was extremely sensitive. It just was a bad combo, and it blew up. And so for the rest of his career, he had that reputation as kind of a malcontent or a difficult-to-get-along-with kind of guy And it wasn't until he got to Sacramento that he got reborn or rebirthed uh, and people started to appreciate him again uh, as a player, but still couldn't get the job done in that game seven (laughs) against the Lakers. Um, But he's an incredible analyst. He's great when he's talking about basketball, when you watch him cover the games. I like it. He's not as good as Reggie. I think Reggie is one of the best players to talk about the game, but I think Weber does a damn good job in the playoffs and what have you. But if he'd been with, Orlando, and Shaq, maybe they recruit a point guard and it's freaking lights out, man. That could have been an, an incredible team.
1: Yeah, for sure. It would have... Shaq, though, lobbied for Penny. He wanted... He did. To... He's right, he did. Um. So, but fans were like, holy shit, Chris Webber coupled with... You know who's one currently that I could end up feeling bad for as well is Brad Beal. Oh, yeah, Washington, Yeah. Because he has shown, I am now a top ten to fifteen talent in this league. Again, yeah. I think about it. I don't know if he's quite top ten, but the dude could carry a team. And he's going to be saddled with. Maybe, maybe Wall comes back and he's awesome, but yeah, the thing between him and Durant, is Wall's game is predicated upon speed, and he blew out his Achilles, and that is yeah. going to affect him. So now you have forty million, some odd, right. Or maybe in the next CBA, they negotiate another uh, amnesty where so they could get rid of one of these huge contracts and rebuild because otherwise Beal's gonna waste his prime. Yeah, feel anybody around him of any like are they gonna pay Dallas Bertan's the seventy some odd million he's gonna get in free agency? Yeah, Yeah. can they afford that? I'd have to look at their cap situation, but the cap is about to go down and they're gonna have to change all the mechanics of that too. So it sucks. Because Brad Beal's legit.
0: Yeah. So good. I, I feel so bad because I want him I want him out of there because I want him to be in a better situation than he's sure. enduring uh uh here, you know, with the with the Wizards. Um yeah, really? I mean I, I feel bad for him, man, because he's such yeah. a good and and people were all about like initially they loved John Wall, the Wizards fans, and Beale they felt was like, oh, he's kind of getting injured, he's not. You know, he's causing friction. And now we see that as this has gone on, it's Beal that's really the the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, the long-term system term,
1: the actual superstar is yeah. Beal because he's got a more filled-out game. He can score for more places on the floor. Yep. yep. At least for, for me as a, you know, a non-Wizards fan, Yeah. Beal always had what seemed like a, a bit of confidence and a bit of arrogance, which you kind of need. Yeah ago, I remember him confidently saying, like, I think John Wall and I are the best backcourt in the league. Is that- <laughs> Whoa, this is three years ago, and you're like, there's no fucking way. But now, <laughs> if you had Wall at full health plus Beal where he's at now, you could make yeah. that. We'll see. I i,
0: yeah.
1: I- you guys say because I like Wall. I like Beal. I hope you keep Davis Bertans. That team turns really interesting real quick. Yeah, it's- it's good. Uh, here's, we'll another-
0: here's-, here's another one for you to consider, Matt. Damian Lillard. He's done well in Portland, but he was picked right before uh, Harrison Barnes for Golden State. So if Lillard drops to seven, if he goes to Golden State, kid's a champion. Does
1: he, become, champion. does he become Lillard? Because Barnes filled a need for them, which was right. four. Whereas Lillard has now shown as being the alpha on his team. So do we have Steph? Is Steph even a part of that team at the time, well, right? Steph Steph should have gotten drafted by Minnesota, who took Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn was out of the fucking league within three years. They took two of <laughs> the first round and passed on Steph Curry. Had yeah. they taken him with one of those picks, think where Minnesota be right now. Like, you do that shit all year yeah. long. That's true. Just, what that's if this true. franchise had taken this guy instead? Yeah. You know, Portland, you should have taken Jordan. Yeah. Right. You, you probably should have taken Jordan, but you got Elijah one of your championships. Uh, so it's hard to, to argue if you want to with that one.
0: Portland twice, right? Because they could have taken uh, uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can do the draft what if all, all day long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you could spend 24
1: hours on you that. You can.
0: <laughs> it's Those used to TV. be my favorite Simmons articles when he'd, say, when he'd break down, like, who could have been drafted into what as legacy stuff.
1: Uh, know, well, he's catching a lot of flack as
0: of late. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, isn't he? That's a Bill for you, though. Um, All right. Uh, We have one more. Yes. You want to do one more? Yeah. Let's go for okay. it. Go ahead, man. I think you're the one. Who- uh,
1: yeah. The, this one is from Philip Hunt. Who? A, hey, Matt and John. Philip here again. Really excited with the announcements and glad to see the top 10 train keep rising to new heights. Just to let you know that I'm going to win this Jeopardy tournament or I'll just crash and burn. (laughs) Scenario. It's good for you, you know. You either know it or you don't. That's how I play the game. Let's party. Uh, My question uh, is related to a generational conflict. I just listened again to the Cinephiles episode of the film The Graduate. John, you and Steve talked about how there's a practical generation in an idealistic generation, and that one needed the other in order for our society to continue. Oof. The question is, with the protests going on across the world, do you think this next generation, my generation, Z, are the practical generation and we're taking ideas from the millennial generation, which was very idealistic? Or do you think that our generation will become like the boomer generation that started off marching and seemed idealistic, but turned into a more practical generation with people like Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. Damn. Big question. Thanks for giving us great content. I just started my first year of college and it definitely has helped our pardon me, Definitely has been hard with the world going nuts. Yeah. I can only imagine. Mm. Thanks, Philip or potentially Philippe. But let's do it.
0: <laughs> that's a great question, man. A really nice oh, in-depth question it is. to end on that question, but a damn good question. I um, think.
1: Yeah. Well I think that generation like the generation that is protesting now will more than likely by a, a certain percentage shift just like boomers do because most people shift slowly conservative the older they get it's a natural progression within life so it's not okay. it I think to be be more anomalous if uh, the baby boomers had managed to stay radicals throughout the entire duration of their lives
0: okay.
1: um a quote that I heard when I was young, and to some degree I think it's true, is if, if you're not a Democrat, basically you're a Democrat when you're young and you're a yeah. Republican, or conservative rather, when you're old. Right. Um, and there there's a certain ring of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Although I do like the mirror that he's saying of this generation is a reaction to the previous because I think that's true. Yeah.
0: Uh, what about you?
1: It's a It's a...
0: I feel like this generation protesting is completely different than the generation from before. I think the generation in the 60s that did the protesting and stuff, this was them discovering what power people had uh, to enact change through their civil protest. This generation knows what power they have. They are not discovering it. They know it. Uh, And there's a sense of a battering ram sensibility to them. And you can see the changes that are happening in such rapid succession Mm -hmm. are quicker than any of the changes that happened in the 60s immediately like people you know you see now today even today as we're recording this like all these people came out yesterday and this morning saying like oh i'm not going to voice over black characters or characters of color these white artists saying that, yeah jenny slate said that that all of a sudden you know they figured it out uh you know and i have my skepticism on that that it's a bit of brand saving but whatever it's still if they want to do it they have every right to do it Kristen bell saying she doesn't want to voice that uh, multi-ethnic character on central park five So I respect that. All that kind of, you know, if you want to do it, fine. If you want to make a stand about it, it's your right to make a stand about it. Um, But I'm seeing, you know, George Preston Marshall, the Redskins' first owner who was racist as fuck, where they took down his statue, they took his name off the ring of honor. um, And I never thought I'd see that. And we all knew he was racist for decades. You know, if you go to West City, you know what a raging racist that a-hole was. Ah.
1: Marge Shop. Yeah, Marge Shop. Right. When so I was knew. a kid, I knew how racist she was. Right. And I heard some quotes and I'm like, holy shit.
0: <laughs> if the second she starts saying Hitler wasn't so bad for Germany, you're like, what's wrong oh.
1: with you? Um, she called Eric Davis her million dollar, you know what? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's a it's quote. So- That's a quote you can find <laughs> in a fucking article. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Chat was a a terrible. I think that the voiceover thing to me is I understand why, why people make the push, but at the same time, like, it's about the voice, yeah. I get if, it. Yeah, if 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 it's something like uh, say on the Boondocks, I think that was the name of the show. I never watched it. Yeah, the Boondocks. If, if like the most iconic character from that uh, was a white guy, I can understand people saying because it, to me that is such an the the cultural identity is baked yeah. into what the show is about. Like exactly. I I've read some of the strips and all that jazz, but I've never sat down and watched the season type thing. Yeah. So that makes more sense to me, but I think it's the best voice. Like your guy that did voiceover. Yeah. The guys that can create a character, like I've, I, just as you've seen those documentaries and the, the TV shows and whatnot about the voiceover. Like, yeah. uh, I know that guy or I know that voice. There's one like that. John DiMaggio produced one. And, um, they're super interesting, but it's the people that can create something out of out of nothing. Like there are clips on YouTube that you can go on where they take a voice actor and it's on GQ or something and they just give them pictures they've never seen before. And they have yeah. to out and create a character while the camera is rolling. Right. And you can See the artistry within it. And that to me is a you know, what about James Earl Jones, as some people pointed out with Darth Vader? Right. There's OK. A, you know, Anakin Skywalker is a white dude. I don't care. His voice is the only voice that matters. Yeah. Or like Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta. That voice makes the character.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Uh, But, you know, for me as a person of color coming into voiceover, I was always like, no way should a person of color be voiced over by a white person. I was always of that because there are so many opportunities for white people to voice white characters because animation is predominantly white characters overwhelmingly so and video games as well overwhelming name me the last video game name me 10 video games that had a person of color as their lead 10 uber successful video games that a person it's it's almost impossible you could never name ten. it's not possible and so it's like that's that so to me i always bristled at it so to me this stuff they're doing now is stuff they should have already thought about before they took the role it shouldn't be all of a sudden oh oh oh
1: this seems like a bad thing I was literally um, trying to think of one that doesn't. I'm sitting here going, there's got to, There's right. got a, even a blue character. I started thinking yeah. Of colors. Yeah. Just, don't. Pick a fucking alien. Well, I don't a, think yeah. of that often, though. So...
0: But it, it frustrates me, Matt, because these are... You know, Kristen Bell is no stranger to progressive liberal issues and being outspoken about that kind of shit to all of a sudden have a crisis of conscience. It seems convenient. And Jenny Slate as well. All these liberals that are very powerful about their voices and their platform and pushing social issues to all of a sudden look at their career and be like, oh, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing like Tina Fey is getting raked over the coals now for those blackface uh, characters that she's put in. In Thirty Rock and Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt,
1: no, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel,
0: yeah, Kimmel as well. He had to come out and apologize. I, uh, Fallon, I, I, yeah.
1: yeah, but it, it's one of those of of that helped Kimmel become famous. Like this was long known. It's not right. like that was a secret in his past. He did, I think he did, Carl Malone on radio before he ever did it on the Man Show.
0: Right, right, and then he did uh, Oprah Winfrey and a couple other people. So. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, it's, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day is like this, this feels like a lot of brand saving versus actual authentic change. Uh, but that being said, studios are listening for the first time for real, not window dressing listening. They're yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're seeing states starting to listen. Now, I mean, the Southeastern Conference Championship Commission or Southeastern Conference Commissioner said, we will no longer hold any championship games in Mississippi if you don't take that Confederate flag symbol off your flag, your state flag. That's a powerful statement from the Southeastern Conference. I mean, they have no reason at all to do that because there's enough people that support them doing Confederate flags on anything. NASCAR. You
1: don't, you don't think that was the case of... Everybody in the SEC going, hey, where's the last state that we want to go to in this? <laughs> I don't they know. Went, I've never been it. in Mississippi. I don't know. I've man. been in Mississippi. It's fine. It's fine. That's the best. That's the most praise I can give it. It's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, But I, yeah. think this, I think this generation is very much going to enact the change we want to see. Now, can they overthrow Trump essentially? in november that's the real change if they show up at the ballot box and fight to get their votes in fight to overcome that kind of stuff then for real they can make actual change life long change systemic change that's i yeah. believe they have that power i think they sense they have that power which is why they have this the audacity in some people's opinions but also the balls or the guts rather. To yank down statues of racists, yank down statues of his people who are historically terrible to Native Americans and to black people uh, uh, and all of that. So to me, that's incredible what they're doing. And that shows yeah. that they have that combination of sense of entitlement and also drive to make change, legitimate change. And it's not going to be old people out there. It's the young people that have to make the change because the old people are tired they, and they have to work their jobs and they have to provide their well, family, pay their mortgage.
1: It's like changing the name of Fort Bragg. It's named after a... a Right. But people have just gotten used to hearing that name for so long that they they never put... They didn't know that it was based after or based on. It's like, I don't know. It's always been Fort Bragg. Is it really that big a deal type of thing? Right. Right. Yeah, it is. We're honoring treason. Yeah. With every one of those statues and the naming of every base, we're honoring someone who committed treason on our country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how we viewed it. That's the only way we would allow them back into this.
0: Yeah. You were
1: know, you not a foreign entity. You were a rebel alliance. Yeah. And we will return you to the bosom of the United States. <laughs> as you are willing to admit those things. And it's what yeah. we are going to institute. Uh, it sucks to be a loser. <laughs> it's just, as you won, you get to dictate terms.
0: That's true. That's how it is. The victor goes that's to space.
1: Exactly. The, the, you know, the victory yeah. in history. No. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. So it, it has always been that way, but it's just like these guys did commit treason against the country as a whole. Yeah, true. Try to secede and uh, break off. Uh, I don't think we need to honor that.
0: But I don't disagree yeah. with
1: you. I, on. I think you are right in that if if Biden does become elected, then it legitimizes all these people making the initial steps of trying to get rid of and it only emboldens. Whereas if he wins, then I would guess. Quite A few of these go away. Maybe they do go back to Mississippi and play a game. Maybe, yeah. The, the tenor and, and uh, you know, voice of the nation has changed ever so slightly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, interesting weird way to end this show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's right. That's our last one. Uh, thank you. Thank
0: you to every one of the patrons who sent in a question. We love doing the show. And like I said, the, like we said, these questions have been incredible. And here, that was a great last question. And I'm very very well thought out, Philip. I mean, you're a young guy coming into your first year of college. That was a well phrased question, well asked question with historical perspective. And so, uh, I have nothing but hope for people like you uh, who are young going into college and hopefully enacting some change or, or doing getting into some field that will change the world. So, thank you so much. So, thank you for listening to us uh, on the top ten, letting us our shits and giggles entertain you as you go in to do serious things in the world.
1: Um. And stay tuned. So, uh, you know, we'll have that new show coming out for you guys. We're working on now trying to get everybody's schedules in. Uh, But to everybody that jumped on and wants to play a little top 10 Jeopardy for a chance to win a guest shot on the show that we're looking forward to. It should be starting up in the very new future. If you haven't gotten an email yet about scheduling, you you would have by the time you hear this. But check your email accounts. We have uh, reached out to everybody that's going to participate. And thanks everybody that supports us here on this And on that show and everything else that we do over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. It genuinely means the world to us that uh, you guys turn to us for your entertainment during this weird world. And we can't thank you enough. And to close out, you can just follow me anywhere at Matt Nost.
0: Yeah, you can follow me at The Rogue Says on Twitter and on Instagram. You guys know uh on the YouTube channel as well, but also sign up to our YouTube channel. Uh some of you might be watching us on the YouTube channel on this one, uh, uh or definitely all our main shows are on that YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe there as well for all the things we drop on there. All right, that's it. Thank you all so much. Uh we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of Topic Thunder.